listen. Friendship. Entertainment. Thank you, Ava, for that introduction. You need to calm down. Okay, calm down. Totally not an AI voice, by the way. Definitely a real person. Okay, that is Ava, my new podcast assistant, just for those five seconds. I'm your host, Mario B. Mr. Pineapple Pizza's back. I hate pineapple pizza, but so does everybody else. My podcast station is now called uh, Fruitcake Plaza. Uh, Don't ask. It makes sense uh, in my mind, and I will not explain it. You know, uh, video podcasts and uh, clips being edited into videos or uh, the video podcast seems to become the new norm. Uh, Sadly, I I can't provide that at the moment. I I don't think anyone just listens to podcasts nowadays. Maybe they do. I I know I do. But uh, here I am giving uh, the podcast thing a go again. I don't have a uh, fancy webcam. I don't have a great setup. I I can't afford that at the moment in my life. There are uh, more important things to worry about for me, but uh, maybe eventually on this uh, new podcast journey, if uh, my ADHD or neurodeficiency or whatever you want to call it uh, can allow me to uh, keep this going. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to find this stuff out about yourself in your 30s. Um, when you're neurodivergent, uh, you almost wish you would have known about it as a kid. Maybe you would have had uh, more time to develop a pattern or uh, something. Um, when you're as an adult, I mean, you have more resources to to figure things out as as that. But I, I think that it, it's still hard just to to learn it, especially with um, your family that's not very. Uh, I don't know. They, they think negatively of that stuff. Did I say neurodeficiency? Sounds like I'm allergic to having a normal brain, which I probably am. Also, before I get started and, and start listening to, listing the things I'm going to be uh, talking about in this episode uh, for my first time back, um, my cousin, uh, Luke Nixon, uh, he, yes, his name is Luke. I believe his father named after Luke Skywalker. He made his own uh, film, his own, uh, I don't know if it's a short film or how long it is. I have to get more information from him, but it's called Till Another Time. Uh, I think you can look it up on on Facebook. Um, It's going to be live. Uh, It's going to be on a big theater screen at the William C. Buck Hall Cinema, uh, October 27th at 7 p.m. in Easton, Pennsylvania, near the uh, Lafayette College. The poster even says a film by Luke Nixon and company. So my cousin, kind of big time, okay? In our family, this means some, it's, he's big time, okay? Uh, it's free admission. It's going to be followed by a Q&A with the director. 
I believe the other people involved might also be in the Q and A. I don't know if my cousin will be um, doing the Q and A. He might. He's a pretty smart fellow. But if you like movies and film and you're in that area, go check it out. Uh, it's called Till Another Time at Buck Hall, October 27th at 7 p.m. So this episode, I will be talking about uh, a specific TV show in depth. Um, I, I'll probably mention a bunch of other things I've been watching. Uh, I'll talk about a movie I've seen recently, but I, I do want to keep it brief because um, this is just my first time back after a year. Uh, I'm trying something new. Uh, this episode might be too long. I I, I don't know how long it's going to be. Hopefully you you stay and listen to the whole thing, or you know it, it breaks up into um, you listening to it over a few days or something. But um, I appreciate you being here if you are listening and uh, listening. I guess just in general to my voice and my opinions. I hate my voice. Uh, I wanted to see a movie in theaters, but uh, I didn't get myself out there this weekend. I know that Leo DiCaprio movie just came out where he marries the Native American woman. I will have a clip about that movie later from the person who did the um, the interpreter on the movie. Yeah, he has a really good uh, take about the movie. Well, I don't know if it's a good take because I haven't seen it, but I think it's a take worth listening because he is Native American himself and... He worked with the movie as the translator. I may or may not talk about wrestling this episode. Uh, I will discuss accountability because I want to talk about it out loud. And I think it's good for growth, especially mentally. Um, first order of business, though, I do want to apologize for talking about stuff outside of the entertainment realm a year ago. You know, I got into a, a lot of politics last year, opinions on things that I probably had no business probably talking about, and I mentioned things about my last relationship often. Um, Cinema 7 was always pitched as an entertainment podcast, opinion-based reviews, but I felt it grew into a more positive outlook on life and, and the friendships involved or the friendships that I made through the podcast. It was uh, therapeutic at the time, and, and I don't believe... It helped possibly with the perception of what other others maybe thought about me at the time, whether they knew me or just found the podcast. Uh, it, it did help me vent. It, it helped me feel like I was finding growth on my own, and it helped me be supportive to people I felt deserved to be supported. But I don't think it it helped me develop closure with any certain individuals as much as I wanted it to. Uh, it did help me discover that if you truly love and care for someone or just people in general, whether it's either it either they're there or there isn't a connection, there's a loss of connection, you treat them with the same love and that same care you had for them while they were in your life. Now, that can be dangerous to your self-worth, but whether they are present or not, you respect them for who you know them to truly be. Uh, I will not apologize for standing up for women's rights and mental health on those episodes. Talking about being neurodivergent um, earlier, uh, you know, when, when you grow up with adults who can't regulate their emotions and uh, you are in situations where people argue or fight or uh, slam and throw things when they're angry because they, they don't know how to 
channel those emotions uh, or you're constantly put in traumatic situations or around individuals who don't try to understand themselves, you tend to take on those negative qualities of those individuals. Um, Being defensive is definitely one of them for me. Uh, Not communicating properly was one of them. And uh, being easily frustrated was one of them. There is uh, anxious avoidant type of behavior. Uh, But there is also a lot of uh, anxious attachment behavior I developed. I'm neurodivergent. So uh, there... These may be part of my chemical imbalances, and and I have ADHD and possibly on the spectrum. I I don't know about that. I haven't been tested, but it seems like ADHD and uh, being on the spectrum are are close or similar. I believe the adults I grew up around as a kid, uh, even to my own adulthood, are all neurodivergent, and uh, they've never been diagnosed or even considered it. I've learned so much over the past two years in general, and it, and it feels good to say that out loud. But I, I don't want to say it so people believe me like I'm just trying to uh, make others see it. Like, hey, look at me. I, I uh, grew and changed. I even developed as an individual since the last Cinema 7 episode, I think. Um, I, I believe being able to say that is more me being positive about what I've learned or, or grew into versus uh, me trying to convince others. Yeah, so since the last podcast episode, what have I been up to? Uh, I lost jobs. I uh, got new jobs. I quit jobs. Not getting jobs. Uh, especially not getting jobs, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, I lost a grandmother. I lost a friend. Well, a friend I've been out of contact with for a long time, but I always wanted to reconnect with them. And, uh, I tried a few years ago. I got a hold of their sister and because I described them as a bigger guy, um, they were upset with that fact. And I never was able to get his number or, um, uh, I tried to find him. Uh, as well through the internet and social media, uh, John, who was a part of Cinema 7, also did his uh, research to try to find our friend Danny. But they passed away, and uh, I never got my opportunity to reconnect with them, and, and I, I was uh, very sad about that. And I still am, because uh, they were a best friend at a time. I guess how I could say that is, um, or how I could phrase this is, at a time when I was confused and depressed, they were a, b- a best friend. Um, they developed into a person I hung out with almost every day at that time. And, and whether the time frame, you know, past, present, future, I will always look at them, especially around that time, as a best friend. And uh, they were definitely, you know, one of my best friends in my life around that time. My friend Danny, uh, I thought was funny. Uh, he used to do this thing where he would uh, he would uh, smile and not move his mouth, but he would laugh. And it, at the time, it was the funniest thing uh, in the world for some reason. Um, he was a really good artist. He he uh, he drew these little marshmallow ninjas, and and ever since I seen him draw them, I have 
been nonstop drawing them for the past 15, 18 years or so since I met him. Um, I always tried to make mine a little different from his because I didn't want to steal his style. But uh, Danny was a good artist. He, he was a good friend. Um, on GameCube, he unlocked all the characters on Super Smash Brothers, brought over his memory card, and uh, gave me the, uh, the file, or copied the file to my memory card. Same with uh, PS2. Uh, we played Mortal Kombat Deception, and literally the next day he came over and he unlocked every character. In a day. This man was insane. In a good way. But I, I, I'm, I'm mad that I will uh, never get to uh, hang out with him again or talk to him. Um, it's depressing, and uh, I don't know if anybody will hear this from his family, but uh, I am extremely sorry for your loss. He deserved better, I think. I feel like saying sorry for your loss doesn't mean anything, and I hate saying it. Um, it, it I think society's become... Uh, that's the go-to because when, when I lost my grandmother, it was numb to me. So I, I know he won't ever be replaced for you, but he was awesome. And people remember him for how awesome he was. Open season sword spree. Being open and vulnerable in the last two years is, is a part of my new outlook on life. And uh, being able to grow more from that, uh, what is uh been very um life-changing so i'm glad i i have an outlet to at least open up and be vulnerable some people don't or some people channel it in different ways people write in journals and things and i talked about that last year um i can record myself uh i mean everyone nowadays can record themselves on their phone but uh it's the uh willingness to or I don't want to say willingness. That sounds kind of negative to people who you, maybe they don't know how to start it. You know? Anyway, uh, what's the Cinema 7 crew been up to? Well, Chris Hawk seems like he's doing good. You know, him and his uh, wife and his two kids. Um, I just saw him a couple weeks ago. We played a board game. We played Unmatched. Marvel Unmatched. It's a board game where... Uh, it's up to four people, but on the map, you can start in the number. Uh, and when you start in the number, so you can only move a certain number of spaces depending on your character. I had Doctor Strange. I can move two. And then you can also, uh, some characters have sidekicks. So Doctor Strange had uh, Wong, which he could move two spaces as well. Uh, Chris Hawk was playing Spider-Man. Uh, John was playing She-Hawk. She-Hawk is a monster. She-Hawk is... Uh, destructive 20 health and just throwing things but there's a lot of different versions of unmatched there's different decks and characters uh because you get these cards for the for the characters it was it was pretty fun i also got to play the next night sentinels of the multiverse it's a uh another card based superhero game where you pick a hero based on the deck and you have to fight a villain it's cooperative uh, that was pretty fun learning that game. You know, John got engaged to his girlfriend, a uh, longtime girlfriend, Jennifer, and uh, they went to England or something. Uh, yeah, they went to England and United Kingdom, I guess. 
He went all over the place. The guy's a traveler. They're travelers. Him and him and his lady. But uh, they they've been uh, good too. You know, they, like I said, they travel. They they go to uh, national parks. They they um, I think they're going to Vegas or something. He was saying for a concert. It's pretty neat. I uh, the only time I get to travel is either to go to New York Comic Con or uh, yeah, if I want to go to like a different convention or something. I do really want to go to Disney World. But I don't have anybody to go with. You know, I, I don't want to go with someone who's already been. I feel like that's going to damper my experience because they're not excited. They, they've already been there. You know, they want to go with their significant other. You know, uh, that's what I wanted to do two years ago. I wanted to, when I was with someone, I wanted to take them. Uh, and it was a bonus that they never been either, so... I thought that would have been a really cool experience. And I, I was, uh, that was like a goal, like a dream of mine. It's always been a dream of mine to go to Disney World. But uh, maybe if I find the guts to go by myself, I'll go. My friends are all uh, growing upward and outward, and I'm proud of them. I'm jealous, and I try to keep that in check. But I am super happy for all of them. But like I said, this is a new podcast, new look. I, I will discuss mental health. I will discuss growth. Um. Uh, my politics will probably come up. So I apologize to anybody who doesn't want to hear that, but all that also will be challenged. I want it to be challenged. I want to be able to be open and I want it. I want to be able to look at things through other people's eyes, I guess. Um, I will also discuss pro wrestling more. It is uh, one of my passions. I have strong opinions about pro wrestling, but uh, I will try to be more open-minded about people's take on pro wrestling today. I have been the last two years. I, I once had a discussion with someone, and um, I think they were right. I, I, uh, everyone has an opinion. It, it's, you shouldn't act like you know more than anybody else. Uh, but I will still review movies on my own, talk about TV shows and other forms of media like uh talk about video games and things like that i will try to have more guests and and branch out with my guests once i get better equipment life is everywhere it's the reason we connect to the media that we do uh stories have a backdrop of fantasy and sci-fi and even comedy you know it connects with us on a human level it's the humanity combined with the extravagant and uh it's captivating visuals that can make us feel something it's either grounded in reality or the wonder of make-believe and if it makes you feel and conveys emotion then it's human so even if entertainment is present life is also present so that's why i'm going to be talking about life now this episode may be broken into parts most likely i don't know uh the series i'm going to talk about this episode uh is uh the netflix show uh the fall of the house of usher i will also discuss the first three episodes of gen v the spinoff of the boys on amazon prime i'm only three episodes in so i'm only going to talk about that no spoilers uh to i'll try to talk no spoilers to people who haven't watched it yet but i will also not allow you to spoil the show for me you bastards now, the only movie I, I wanted to go see was uh, Dick's the Musical. Uh, it's the only thing in theaters that seems interesting. Uh, 
Meg the Stallion's in it. Uh, what's his name from the Birdcage and the producers is in it. But I, I didn't really, like I said, I didn't get to the movies. Uh, and depending on how long this episode is, I'll probably be splitting it up into parts. Uh, speaking of movies, I did buy a ticket, though, to on, was it the 19th? I wanted to see Onyx the Fortuitous Talisman of Souls at AMC. Now, I didn't know this movie was funded on Kickstarter. Uh, it was at Cannes Film Festival. I enjoyed the TikTok videos the guy made to help promote the movie. I thought it was pretty pretty genius. I wanted to see this to kind of support like an independent movie. It had like an Evil Dead vibe to me. Uh, the woman from The Magicians is in it. Um, let me see. Olivia Taylor Dudley. She played Alice Quinn in The Magicians. Uh, Quentin. So I went to the theater, chatted with some people there. It was supposed to start at 7, but it's like... 7.20, okay, people are like, why are they starting this movie? Then they come in and tell us the projector's broke. This movie is only in theaters for one night. So sadly, uh, I didn't get to see it. Um, I did get my money back. I got a free ticket to see another movie. Uh, but man, what a bummer. I, a couple weeks ago, watched the movie The Mill on Hulu. Now... For me, I have to be in certain moods to watch things. Uh, I have to be comfortable. I have to be in a, in a space that's... Uh, I have to be in this mindset, and, and the space has to work with the mindset, I guess. Um, but I watched it. Uh, it is um, a psychological sci-fi movie. Um, it is set in the future. Uh, I won't go too much detail, but because I don't want to spoil it, I think you should watch it. But this guy, he works for this company. He puts in a lot of overtime. He he crushes anything the company gives him quotas, numbers, whatever you you want to call it in the corporate world. Uh, this guy is beyond exceptional at his job. Exceptional. I said it. I can say words. And prison type yard or the space and you know this is their way there's no food or water or anything you know he's he's in this like space that he doesn't know where he is he woke up in and they're pretty much congratulating him for all the hard work and this is what they're doing to thank him is put him in this kidnap him uh you know Put him in this setting where they want him to do manual labor uh, and and, uh, do all this extra type of work. And how they thank him is they give him water. They'll give him a little snack. Uh, They even talk about, you know, they get him to work more to throw his family in there and things like that. And I won't tell you the twist or what happens, but. I will say it it shows you, it makes you think a lot about the work you put in to your job. It, you know, because especially a big company, they don't care about you. You know, they just care about the, the amount of work you're doing for them. Uh, it, it makes you, I think, reflect, talking about earlier, uh, more on, on what should be important to you. These big corporations, you know, the you're replaceable. You're a cog on the wheel. So if you're gone, the wheel's going to keep spinning. To just replace the, cl- the cog, right? It's like your job giving you a pizza party instead of paying you more money. 
take your time, take your days off, be present at home, uh, be present with your loved ones. Now it is good to work for your future if you have that free time and that capability, but I think this movie shows to people what should be important and don't let your job take advantage of you and your time. Uh, it's, I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I want to say it's in my top five of the year, but it possibly could make my top 10. So I think it's worth watching. It's on Hulu. Uh, if you have Hulu, uh, it's, de- it's definitely, uh, if you're feeling like one night, you know, you you order pizza, you sit down and you want to watch something now, because it is psychological, you have to be in a certain mindset to watch this movie. You know, I wouldn't watch it during the day. I'd probably watch it maybe after dinner, if that makes sense. Uh, I wish I could. I wish I could be doing a review for uh, Onyx the Fortuitous Talisman of Souls, but like I said, I didn't get to see that movie. Hopefully, this week. I don't know what's coming out this week or if anything new is. I, I really don't care to see the Leo DiCaprio movie. I'll probably. Uh, or I'll probably take my grandmother to go see that. Maybe my mom, because she's a big Leo fan. Speaking of that movie, it's uh, speaking of that movie, it's called Killers of the Flower Moon. I think it's based on a true story. Oh, it is a true story. So it is based on a true story. And like I said, the translator, this gentleman was the Osage language consultant on the movie, because apparently they worked with very close with the Osage nation on this movie or, or to make the, the language and, and everything about it authentic. He has a really good opinion about this. And I think he, uh, I think I should play the clip. I think in the end, the question that you can be left with is how long will you be complacent with racism? How long will you go along with something and not say something, not speak up? How long will you be complacent? And I think that's because this film was not made for an Osage audience. It was made for everybody not Osage. Uh, for those that have been disenfranchised, they can relate. But for other countries, you know, that have their acts and their histories of oppression, um, this is an opportunity for them to ask themselves this question of morality. And so that's, that's how I feel. Killers of the Flower Moon, starring Leo DiCaprio, directed by Martin Scorsese. Now, I'm not a big Martin Scorsese guy. Uh, the Irishman, I thought, was just bad. There was something else he did that I, I just didn't care for. Maybe I should Google it. Let's Google it. Oh, Wolf of Wall Street? I didn't care for Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, there's a lot of people that like that movie. I, I, I don't know. I felt Wolf of Wall Street was... I don't know. I'm not that type of guy that likes that that frat boy humor. You know, like, oh, the party, the party humor. Isn't that crazy? My God, that movie is so funny because of the frat boy shit. I don't know. I, I thought it was promoting bully culture. Not that it intended to do that, but I think that's what happened. It promoted the party frat boy life. I don't know. It's a it's an interesting story. It makes for a good movie, especially the scenes. If you like that sort of thing, but I, I just didn't care for it. Oh, I forgot he did Gangs in New York. That's not bad. Uh, Shutter Island. That's pretty cool. Has a twist. He does. He uses Leo DiCaprio a lot. Obviously, he uses Robert De Niro. De Niro. Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. A lot in his movies. I also watched the first three episodes of the 
boys or uh, Gen V. I'm sorry. It's a spinoff of the boys. Let me pull that up because I'm terrible with character names. I can never remember a character's name. So far, anything that has been put out for the boys has been really good. I wasn't into the cartoon, though, so I, I can't say much about that. Um, now, my favorite character is Emma because I think she is the most relatable to to uh, people who've gone through um, self-worth issues. I also think she's relatable to people who try to appease other people or... Well, the whole show is about like social using social media to be a better hero or be popular. But Emma just wants love, and I think that we all want that. And uh, depression and felt like they're being used or taken advantage of. I, I think she's my favorite character because I want her to succeed. I want to see her feel good about herself. Can we also talk about her muscles? Okay. Emma's biceps and chest are like so defined it's crazy i am so jealous of her muscles she is jacked i mean everyone in this show is attractive okay everyone jensen ackles makes a cameo somewhere and later in this in this series that's i mean he's the king of hunks okay he's the king of hunks clancy brown attractive guy whatever you know he's tall Tall people are attractive. Um, I do like uh, the character Marie. Uh, her name is Jazz Sinclair, the actress. Gorgeous. Oh my god, gorgeous. The way they do her hair in the show. Whoever does hair and makeup in this show, excellent. Now the girl that plays Kate, I don't trust her. Okay, I'm going to say this right now. I'm only on episode three, so don't spoil it for me. But I don't trust her. Okay, I think she's a part of this whole thing to control... Sam and and Luke and now because Andre knows she's there to control him is the name Andre or is it Aaron I don't even remember it I just watched episode three earlier well anyway I think he's gonna screw something up and let me just say Jordan they them icon okay I love the representation of just that pronoun alone with this character I love it um now, where I left off at the end of season three, I do hope Emma gets out of there alive. Okay, I don't want to see Emma die. If Emma dies, I'm done watching the show. Marie is the main character, so obviously I think she's going to succeed. Uh, I think the character is going to do well for herself, hopefully. Uh, when the, sh- the first episode, when they first get to the school, the college or whatever, I was like, this is rated R live action My Hero Academia. And then it quickly shifted to the drama, which, I mean, you could still probably say it's My Hero Academia-like, especially with the ranking system. I'm intrigued. I really like the boys. This show is pretty good. I didn't expect I I would see someone shrink down to, like, Ant-Man level and try to piggyback jerk a pee-pee, a penis, a man's cockles, cockles, (laughs) funny. I guess because <laughs> um, the guy was, you know, like, tell me how big it is, which, uh, you know, is pretty funny. Uh, yeah, that was that was uh, that was wild. I mean, the boys is wild. Uh, you've seen a guy shrink down before and go inside of a, a penis, a pee um, You've seen a giant penis. There's a lot of penises in the boys. I, I don't know what's going on here. I guess uh, 
Thanks, Amazon, for the representation or misrepresentation. Thanks. I did like how the show started out with the positive outlook on a train getting into the seven. Like we have a, we finally have an African-American superhero make it to this big uh, stage representing all of us. And then you just find out a train's dick, obviously. So this is the start of the shows in the past, but it is cool to see that perspective, right? It's kind of like, now maybe I'm speaking out of whack here and someone could tell me, so I don't ever compare things or do this again, but the OJ trial, right? People loved OJ. Okay. You see what I'm getting at? OJ and A-Train. I, I see the comparison. There's this guy. He's doing it on the big stage. He's great. Then he gets involved in this thing. Uh, you don't want to believe it. You think they're bringing, bringing a black man down, you know, and possibly he did it because he's crazy. Anyway, the Gen V, I think you should watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, if you like superhero stuff, if you like My Hero Academia, it's just more rated R. It's more adult themed. It's a little raunchy. Uh, it is, this one, is, Gen V is a little uh, teeny with the college drama type stuff, uh, but the characters are still relatable. And um, the plot, as it develops, is it wants you to watch more. When I watched Ahsoka, and I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I'm a big Star Wars fan. So when I watched Ahsoka, the first episode I thought was fantastic. More of that, please. The noir sci-fi in the beginning with the Blade Runner type music. Um, The way the first episode plays, you know, there was so much time in the first episode. There was so much detail just in what I was watching. And then it turns... And the crap after the fifth episode. The fifth episode is probably the best piece of Star Wars media to come out since, well, for others, Rogue One. For me, probably uh, Revenge of the Sith. I think the show did great for the character of Anakin Skywalker. All those parts are fantastic. See him as a Force ghost. See him and try to train or give one last lesson to Ahsoka, which maybe you should have been a little more uh, open to what the training or lesson was for ahsoka in that episode still great to see anakin uh hayden is a better actor than i think people give him credit for uh the other show i watched recently was uh the fall of the house of usher um it's based on an eglon poe story and it's cool that they added a lot of other Edgar Allan poe story elements to the show to showcase uh, the Edgar Allan Poe-ness of the show, I guess. I did enjoy the series with its conclusion. I, th- I think overall, maybe it was all right because the uh, the the way it began was uh, not ideal for me. It didn't really set up the story well. I don't think it's got this like mystery box plot. Uh, it's not very straightforward. Uh, when it starts, it doesn't really introduce you to the characters and it shows the present and this funeral. And then it goes back to explain how you got to the funerals or how you got to how these people died and the significance of it, I guess. But I don't know why you can't just set up the characters first. I mean, it it was still good. I I, I don't want to get to backseat uh, writer type thing. Episode six and seven to me were very traumatic. 
I don't know if I want to spoil it or say anything too much about those episodes, but because if I say what I want to say about it, it might be too much information to when you get there. You It won't be as shocking as when you see it without knowing what's happening or as when you see it for the first time. Ah, who cares? Um, the stuff with the first son and what he's doing with his wife was distressed me out. I legit was getting pissed off pissed off with the character. I hate that character. Frederick. Frederick Usher can get what's coming to him. Okay? I don't know if it's going to be my top five shows of the year, because I usually write down my top five favorite shows of the year. Uh, but it was it was a pretty good binge. Like, I, I wanted to binge it all in one night. Um, same with Gen V. Like, now that there's episodes out, I probably would have hated to watch this show as each episode's coming out uh i did i did watch that the loki season two episodes that are out loki just has a something about the the loki show i I don't know what to say about it because i don't want to be negative but there is some positive to it it is more intriguing than a lot of the other marvel shows now i did love the first episode of miss marvel and nothing will ever change my mind that that was the best episode of any Marvel series that was out. Uh, sadly, it didn't end as good as it started, in my opinion. But uh, I'm not saying. I mean, if you enjoy the Marvel shows, that's. I think that's awesome. I, I I would love to talk about your opinions, your theories, your thoughts, where you think the story's going. Like I'm very open to that. I just personally, She-Hulk, I thought had a charming aspect to it. I just wasn't invested i don't want it to sound like because i'm a man you know she hawk was bae not gonna lie now she hawk did have a kindness to it with its comedy and i think the way it called out fandom and a lot of the male fans of the mcu was spectacular i just couldn't get invested in the plot i didn't know what 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 was the plot someone explain that to me please uh Loki season one, I thought was really good. I uh, watched it with my significant other at the time. Or my Loki season one was good. This season, and though Loki season two seems to have a better production value, and it also uh, seems to flow better than a lot of the other Marvel shows, still doesn't catch or pique my interest. Like I'm not like it's intriguing. Like the the story is intriguing. But what I see on screen doesn't keep me focused on it. Like, I'm always in my phone. I'm falling asleep. Like, I just, I don't know. It's not gravitating, you know? But I'm also watching these things by myself. When you watch them with other people, and uh, you can either crap on it with somebody, or you can uh, get excited about it at the same time someone else is, uh, you're also more dialed in. You're more focused when you're watching it with somebody else. So maybe, you know, my opinion would change. If I had a person to watch it with, or if I watched these shows with friends or had movie nights or TV show nights, which I used to do when Walking Dead was out. That was, we had a Walking Dead night and uh, Pizza Per Thursday, which we would watch Godzilla and eat pizza on Thursdays. That was cool. It's me, Mario. It's me. It's me. Mario. Hey, Luigi. Stop it. 
Now, like I said, I wanted to talk about accountability. Uh, well, I think I mentioned it in the beginning, unless I forgot. ADHD, neurodivergent, you forget sh- shit. Uh, but talking about uh, accountability has been has been hard. It's been rough. It's depressing, but it, it's also necessary no matter how rough it is. Um, I think it takes time and a lot of reflection in some cases to recognize where you were wrong toxic or or you know maybe just not present enough uh transparency with oneself is just as difficult um holding yourself accountable is great if you can see it but depression can also make you feel overly accountable and that can be dangerous to oneself i can come up with a million excuses trust me some may be valid some not so much uh but you want to be right i think that's part of being human and and wanting to be true to yourself but i think being more honest with who you are is is taking your licks when you are wrong reflection is good uh but too much reflection will have uh our buddy depression creeping up and uh i think that's why people who care about you always encourage you to move on from something uh you know like move on get over it uh I've been very open about my past relationship and the effects of it ending and what it had on me. And, and sadly, you know, I've come to this conclusion that that's all on me and, and what I brought to it and what I took from it. And I did really love this person. Uh, I wanted them in my life. I, I still think about them a lot. I, I once made a comment that I uh, only have myself to blame. And I think I do. Uh, I take full accountability for me failing that person in a relationship and um my close friends may not agree with me you know the podcast mates but uh i i have to hold myself accountable um now i did like i said hold myself overly accountable but i think it took the two years for me to finally say hey that's on me and and it does hurt because with the life experience i've gained and in the maturing in some ways and the reflection and the count and the uh, accountability I've been able to take or, or grown to take, I uh, I wish I could go back with all this knowledge and, and do better. You know, I lost someone who truly pushed me to be a better person, and I am neurodivergent, so a lot of the time I'm in anxiety mode, and I feel uncomfortable or awkward, and uh, my mind is constantly at a state of battle or is worrying about something. But she was someone that when Things were were good and calm and relaxing. Everything around me was calm. You know, my mind was at peace. I was comfortable and there was no noise. Because I think when you're neurodivergent um, and you have depression and anxiety, there's a lot of noise that goes on in your head. Uh, you know, I, I think I took that for granted to, to get back on track here. Um Maybe not on purpose, but I still didn't have the awareness to know how I was affecting the relationship and really appreciate them being there. You know, I also uh, didn't work on myself to be better so I could take the relationship more serious. There are a lot of things in life that people require you to have so that they feel uh, reassured or... Um, safe and there was a lot of things I was still working towards that I didn't have and, and I should have uh, 
I wish I could have um, been better at, at trying to go out and get those things at that time. You know, it's hard to take accountability in the moments. Uh, it, it does take that reflection sometimes. The aftermath of uh, my last relationship, I, I could have handled way better in, or in totally, totally different. Um, instead, I was defensive. You know, I, I felt things that maybe I shouldn't have felt. I was hurting and, and I didn't take the time to reflect and I didn't think before I reacted and even with how my brain processed things, I, I didn't give myself time to think about the words I was saying. Not saying I was an entirely like abusive or bad, um, but you know, they wanted to talk after the night we broke up. Like, hey, I didn't like how those things went. Can we talk when, when you're ready? And I said, go fuck yourself basically. And that probably someone who I still love and care about, uh, someone who I truly wanted to be with that. I don't think that's how you should react. I don't think that's what you should say to them. But then again, you know, like I said, I, I, it's hard to, in the moment, process that. Uh, I fucked up. I was an asshole. And, um, I, I think I should have handled it with more love and, and more optimism. Instead, I, I, I was defensive, like I said, and I, I, I felt things that maybe I shouldn't have felt. You know, I, I was hurting. I, you know, I, I, I felt like it came out of nowhere, but uh, I didn't take the time to reflect at the moment in, in that then. Uh, I didn't think before I reacted and even with, like I said, how my brain processes things, I, I didn't give myself time to think. Now, I will always regret not being more reflective in the moment, even when I thought I was. Uh, I do regret not being more about the person because with my friends, I, I noticed this and um, people in relationships, it's, it's very uh, not one-sided, I should say. I think when you're a kid, you think, oh... It, as in, you know, you could be in your early 20s and be a kid to me. But you, you, you think being more about the person is uh, damaging your your self-worth or your individualism. Um, you think being with someone, you're, you're giving up everything that you offer for a happy wife, happy life type of situation. When really it's just being present in that relationship. Uh, you know, I, I regret feeling conflicted about their energy. And because of that, um, I mean, that could have just been my anxiety, but I still regret it. <laughs> um, I should have just been more worried about my future and putting in all the efforts and stuff and using my tools for my future getting myself where I need to be so that this relationship had um, stability. One thing I didn't do for sure that, that came about from somewhere, I don't know where, is gossip. And if my friends who were involved with that listen to this podcast, well, you're not even my friends. You, you somehow started rumors and I don't know where the fuck that came from. Because if I shared any information, it was mostly me feeling my emotions um it was me 
thinking I fucked up or thinking I sucked because my self-worth was at an all-time low at that point. Um, you know, I, I kind of still think I'm not a great significant other, but it was me being depressed and how I could have been better and me venting to people uh, looking for advice or information uh, and trying to lift the weight that I felt on my chest. And uh, knowing that people started this gossip or rumor, you know, it felt pretty shitty because maybe I was too transparent or too open with people I felt I could trust. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe it was all fabricated from somewhere. Maybe the person that told me there was rumors was the one who started the rumors. I even uh, confronted everyone involved who uh, supposedly told people or told the individuals. I even asked them about it, and they ironically didn't know what I was talking about. So someone was lying. Because of this, I even felt the need to take responsibility in that. You know, like, because I was the root of it all. You know, taking accountability, I do want to say that as you guys know, I also did a podcast around the time of that breakup, and I did make a podcast episode where I talked about, you know, how the breakup went and how I felt at the time. Uh, the podcast as a whole was talking about things I've learned in relationship, uh, reciprocating, uh, being open about money information and communication because my friends gave me these topics to talk about, and I thought I was... Um, Sharing my experience to, and how I can take those things and be better. But I also talked a lot about uh, my last relationship, I guess. And, and um, it was supposed to be therapeutic for me. But it still wasn't the responsible thing to do, I believe, at the time. But it did hurt said former partner's feelings when they listened to it. And I didn't know they were going to listen to it. Uh, nobody really listen to my podcast. I don't know how many people are going to listen to this episode. So I felt, who gave a shit at the time? It's my podcast, whatever. I'm, I'm venting into the void here. But, but I also violated this person's trust, and maybe I should have been speaking on my relationship like that to what could have been thousands of people, right? And that is where I'm learning to take responsibility. When to say something and when to not say something. I think... Uh, you learn along the way. It wasn't the respectable thing to do. And I've, you know, learned my lesson the hard way. And that doesn't mean I should be rewarded either for learning my lesson. I just, I'm just saying it. it's a uh, learning experience, a painful learning experience. I did delete the episode immediately because my former significant other was not happy about things I said. And I didn't want them to feel uncomfortable with it out there. And, uh, you know, with reflection and me taking accountability, I shouldn't have done it. I just shouldn't have done that episode. You know, I still battle with depress depression over it. Uh, I wish I had another chance with what I know now and what I hold on to. Uh, but it sucks because I know I will never get another opportunity with how they think of me. And, and maybe it's just a fantasy to even think that. And I'm not looking for this to make the rounds, you know, to be like, hey, look at me, I'm better, I take accountability, I, look at me, be responsible. No, I, this is just me opening up about how I take my accountability for myself and, and all that. 
Because at the end of the day, it's not going to change anything, right? It's not going to change what happened, what now people perceive of me or what I perceive of these other people. It's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's too late for that. I am using this moment to hold myself accountable and show that uh, it's okay to hold yourself accountable. It's okay to say, hey, I'm responsible and then to try to be better. Uh, it upsets me that I didn't do better and I wasn't in the moment more and I didn't truly recognize how I was wrong and how I could be accountable in those moments and more in the present at the time with being a better me and, and growing so that the relationship could grow. Uh, like I really regret not communicating better or just doing more sometimes, you know, it's like losing a race by a foot. Like I had this thing, it was awesome and it was close to what I assume, you know, could have been a partner for a while or longer, maybe, you know, um, I don't want to say forever because I know if, if, I don't know if they'll ever listen, but if they do, they didn't really believe in that. Um, a lot of people don't believe in forever type stuff. Um, but anyway, it's, it's like you're about to win the race and then someone sticks their foot out and you're like, you lost. And it's only a one on one. So there's no being happy about being in the second place or third place. There's no bronze or silver medal. It's just win or lose. I had it and I couldn't nail it. But, you know, maybe the growth I've learned through the whole last two years would have not been able. Maybe maybe the growth I've learned through the last two years would have not been available to me without that hardship I took. Maybe without the reflection as much as I reflected and and been able to hold myself accountable. You know, maybe maybe all that wouldn't have, have come about. You know, I, I still don't have a good career at the moment. You know, I don't have a house to call my own, which, you know, I, I recently put a lot of thought in. And I, don't, I think I only want a house if I have a partner. You know, I, I'll rent all day if I'm by myself because it doesn't really matter, you know. But once I have a partner, then I think it makes sense to me. Probably stupid to some of you. Maybe it makes sense to others. Uh, it would be nice to have a driveway and a garage and shit like that, but... I don't know. People have always judged me over others just for my thought process alone. But uh, what I do have right now, I will say, is I do have my own car. And as my dad's laid on his dad knowledge to me, um, you can live in your car, but you can't drive your house. You know, I've grown mentally and I did have a level of growth in my maturity, but you know, you're always working on you and you're always trying to be better. And I think that will come as I continue to change. So, uh, reflection and accountability may hurt. It does hurt, but it, it was worth what I've learned and how I grew as a person. And before I go, remember, go see my cousin's movie till another time live at Buck Hall, Easton PA, If you're in the Lehigh Valley area, if you're in Pennsylvania, New York, Jersey, South Jersey, if you're a film person, you go to uh, Cannes or art student films and and shit like that, get your ass to Easton, Pennsylvania. Go see this movie, October 27th, 7 p.m., filmed by Luke Nixon. That's my cousin.
Also, if you support the LGBTQA+, watch the show Pose. I find it, as an ally, to be very uh, important. I think it, it is a um, must-watch. It, it is an important piece of media, and it needs to be seen. And all I'm going to say is, trans rights support trans kids. I also want to say, uh, to anyone listening that represents Danny Moore or, you know, if Danny Moore can hear us, I know it doesn't work that way, but I would hope this one time it would work that way. Me and John, we love you. We missed you. Um, if there is a place you go to after death, I hope that your eternal, eternal rest will not be disturbed. I'll always remember that time we went to see the uh or we went to the GameStop for the super smash brothers melee tournament and i think you made it to the next round you got my brother eliminated or you got john eliminated one of them and uh you panicked in the second round and i think me and you were in the same game and we lost we killed each other i'll never forget you man rest in peace danny moore I think this episode has gone long enough that's all i have for you today on this episode uh, i got to talk about accountability like i wanted to i talked about some of the stuff i've been watching i didn't want to give it all away i didn't want to give all my thoughts uh sometimes too much having too much opinion on something sometimes will um overshadow people going to watch it for themselves or it'll overshadow what you're um trying to say you know like you don't want to overdo it you don't want to give too much opinion because now it just seems like either you're bashing it or um you're uh overly expressive about now it's it's good to be overly expressive about something you like i i I won't say that but if you're too negative on something uh just make it short and sweet anyway i'm your host mario this is now get super with me and i hope you have a good rest of your uh day week wherever you're at thank you for listening back to the lab without a mic to grab so then i add all the rhymes i had one after the other one then i make another one to diss the opposite then ask if the brother's done i get a craving like i fiend for nicotine but i don't need a cigarette know what i mean i'm raging ripping up the stage and don't it sound amazing Every rhyme is made in thought of cusses, sort of an addiction Magnetized by the mixing Vocals, vocabulary, and verses just stuck in The mic is a drain, no volcanoes erupting Rhymes overflowing, gradually growing Everything is written in the code so it can coincide My thoughts to God 48 tracks to slide The invincible microphone beam rock him Spread the word some N E F F E C T, a smooth operator operating correctly. But back to the problem, I got a habit, you can't solve it. Silly rabbit, the prescription is a hypertone that's throwing. I feed for a microphone like heroin. Soon as the bass kicks, I need a fix. Give me a stage and a mic and a mix, and I'll put you in a mood. Or is it a state of unawareness? Beware, it's the reanimator. A menace to a microphone, a lethal weapon, or assassinator. If the people ain't stepping, you'll see a part of me that you never seen. When a fiend for a microphone, I'm the microphone fiend. After 12, I'm worse than a gremlin. Feed me hip hop.
popping, I start trembling. The thrill of suspense is intense, you're horrified. But this ain't the cinemas of tales from the dark side by any means.